0: you have to try Miro today. To show you how powerful it is, I created my own Miro board that you can check out at Miro.com slash It has a ton of resources for entrepreneurs, but it will also show you all the functionality of Miro. So go to Miro.com or go to Miro.com slash success pod for a ton of resources. Try Miro today. It's going to radically change how you collaborate with your team. Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot podcast network. The HubSpot podcast network has great podcasts for business leaders like the MarTech podcast hosted by Benjamin Shapiro. Each week on the MarTech podcast, Benjamin tells stories of world-class marketers who use technology to create lasting success for their business and for their careers. These are some of the topics that he speaks about on the show. If you find these interesting, you'll like the podcast. So how science is changing advertising, how to set up a CRM so you actually use it, Private Equity's Take on Digital Transformation, Why Big Social is Focused on Newsletters. If these topics sound interesting to you, you will like the MarTech Podcast. If you want to listen, you can listen to the MarTech Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Or, of course, you can listen to it on the HubSpot Podcast Network. You go to HubSpot.com slash podcast network. Today, my guest is Alexandra Fasulo. Alex is a Florida-based full-time digital nomad. She's a Fiverr pro freelance writer. And a fiver millionaire. She offers a ton of content services. So, website content development, biography writing, press release writing, distribution, blog writing, ebook writing, and editing. She is also the host of the Freelance Fairy Tales podcast. So, of course, if if you want to start your own thing, definitely check out her show. It's a weekly series that provides individuals with insight and support getting started freelancing. She gained national, international rather, attention in 2018 when she was featured on CNBC's How to Make Six Figures on Fiverr. Everything changed for her. She was featured in the likes of MSN, AOL, Business Insider, Yahoo Finance. Uh, now, dozens of people write her every single day to learn how they can make a six figure income working from home. So, we speak about her story. So, how she started in freelancing, how she started making good money in freelancing, what her origin story was all about. Then we speak about some of the fame, some of the notoriety that she got when CNBC ran her story, and some of the positives and negatives that came of that. And then we go into some very tactical things uh, that hopefully people can learn from. So for example, um, should you go full time into a side hustle or part time? How do you turn a side hustle into a business? How do you get started? on Fiverr? How do you be successful on Fiverr? How do you set pricing on Fiverr? How do you Basically build yourself into a business and negotiate with clients for the first time. Some of the things that she's learned as she's, of course, built her business, which now has many people that she hires. And um, just some other general great freelancing and entrepreneurial tips. So I hope you enjoy. She's an incredible individual. She's obviously built an incredible career for herself. Again, coming from making $36,000, if I'm not mistaken, just working in a job to making hundreds of thousands and then millions of dollars uh, freelancing copywriting and then building a business around that so let's jump right into it this is Alexandra Fasulo full-time digital nomad
1: yeah so my uh, my origin story started on a farm in upstate New York uh in the country that's where I grew up you know for 18 years I had a very creative upbringing I was outside all the time riding horses you know in the woods um probably played somewhat into being a creative person today i think being so like immersed in nature every day um my mom is an artist so i was like around that a lot and uh funny enough though i went to college for political science because i for some reason still thought i was going to be some type of like an orator or or a politician or something like that piqued my interest and who knows you know maybe later in life it will again Uh, but i went to school for political science because i always liked writing and history and geography and everything um I liked my major you know I I did it for three years I graduated a year early because I wanted to get to work um I was bored that's the theme of my life and I took a job in Albany in politics that involved writing a lot and working with politicians and it was okay like I loved my bosses and my coworkers, but it just didn't I didn't feel like fulfilled at it and uh a year later I moved to New York City two and a half hours away from where I was in Albany to take a PR job. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll feel more challenged. Maybe, I don't know, for some reason I'm feeling a pull to move to New York City. And um, then I had like my big breakdown, you know, because I hated that job so much. I quit it after four weeks, I had a, you know, had a situation on my hands. And that's kind of where this all began. Um, I, I started, I tried 15 different side hustles very quickly in months, you know, I was desperate to make rent. I knew I hated offices at that point. I, I was sure of that. Um, and Fiverr just happened to be what took off. And, you know, it's been a wild ride. I never in a, in a million years imagined when I got on Fiverr in 2015 that I would be talking about it still in 2021. <laughs> um, so that's always like I'm a big, you know, my stuff's very like mindset. I will say to people, you got to try stuff because you actually may have no idea, uh, you know, about something that's going to feel very fulfilling to you
0: so walk me through for people who don't know who you are who didn't see the special that i saw and and millions of other people saw so i want to understand that because that blew up your name but then i also want to double down on what actually happened with fiverr so just tee that up for everyone as well
1: yeah so well cnbc first covered my story actually in 2018 they just did an article and that was like my first taste of like crazy pr and hate as well and the article said like how this 25 year old made 150k in six months which is like a shocking title in a way and that that went like mini viral um I I felt spill out from it with people close to me in my life that didn't like it very much and it was my first wake-up call to like the real world and people and how much people can suck uh but then it wasn't until March 2021 of this year CNBC wanted to do a follow-up So they did a like 12 minute feature video on me that was very, not invasive, I agreed to it, you know, but it was very detailed in my finances and uh, personal information. And um, that video went more viral than CNBC ever imagined and I ever imagined. I was not prepared for how viral it went. Um, I'm still not prepared for it, right? Because it's like, (laughs) I'm still feeling the, the spillover from it um, I go on trips sometimes I'll be random places in the country and people will recognize me and I'm not used to that yet. This probably doesn't help. Um, i sometimes I'm like, should I dye it back to Brown? Maybe I don't know. I like, like it.
0: I think it's a, I think it's a vibe. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. The
1: only thing is it's very like notice me, but, um, yeah, I mean my Google reputation's absolutely trash from it. Um, there's not much I can do to fix it. I don't know why Reddit threads rank higher than Forbes articles, but here we are. Um, So yeah, the CNBC thing went super viral in March, and it's been a really crazy six months since, I'm not going to (laughs) lie.
0: Yeah, I, I. you know, it's I want to, I want to, let's, let's touch on that stuff in a bit. Let's touch on some of this, on some of this stuff that you've been that you've been working through and, and, you know, even before I said, like, do, do you want to lean into it? Do you want to not? But there's, I think there's a lot of lessons there for people that do end up getting getting a measure of success. But let's go through um, your first iteration of entrepreneurship. So you went through a whole bunch of side hustles. And because I just want to, I want to finish your story before we start teaching people stuff. So we a whole bunch of side hustles, um, five are hit, obviously in a big way what are you doing on fiverr
1: uh copywriting so everything from writing blogs press releases website content product descriptions app descriptions you know crowdfunding campaigns editing all business copywriting it's called so it's writing that a a buyer buys then they use it to sell their product or service that's essentially what i do and um People will pay a lot for it because it saves them invaluable time that they can now, you know, go run their business with. Uh, I a lot of what I do involves research. So if someone will say to me, "Hey, I need a blog on the five benefits of CBD oil," you know, I'm the one that looks up the studies for it and links it in the blog for them. And um, people are more than happy to pay one, two, three hundred dollars. Uh, for a nice blog on their website that can help with their SEO help them rank on Google. Um, so, you know, I, I know so many copywriters who make a lot of money cause it's not easy work though. It's tedious. And that's why people are willing to pay for it.
0: I actually, yeah, you're, you're not wrong about copywriting. I know, I know copywriters that do much more than just two, 300. I know copywriters that actually oh, yeah. charge a percentage of like marketing copywriters. They charge a percentage of like the sales. Yeah, like I know people that make like hundreds of thousands, like millions plus in just copyright and and I guess the copywriting was because you had background in PR, you knew you could write. everybody thinks they can write, but you you knew you could write and and how do you think you were so successful in that? What what differentiated you from all the noise on Fiverr?
1: Um, I think it's just I kept my head down. I studied what every single other person was doing on there, how they were wording their gigs how they were pricing their gigs. I stalked the crap out of everyone and I kept my head down with it. I spent hours on Google reading over people's blogs, doing free, you know, practice work. I just obsessed over it. Um, I didn't allow the option for me not to succeed at it. If that makes sense, I was like an animal with it.
0: Because you, because you weren't, so a lot of the stuff that I preach is don't quit your job and start a side hustle and then once that's comfortable then you can do the full switch but you were all in day one you yeah. you had everything to lose because you had nothing else going at the point when you started okay so exactly. you're starting to you're, you're doing you're doing very well on fiverr of course now you know fast forward a little bit you have a little bit of notoriety because of cnbc some good some bad but what have you built your business into so as an entrepreneur obviously first time you know first time is everything you're doing you've never done this before you actually joined fiverr and you started putting out content and selling to clients um so how do you decide how to grow your business how did you decide to and how did you grow the freelancing portion of copywriting and then how did you decide what other products and services to add into your portfolio as you grew
1: um Well, so I mean the business just kind of grew naturally on its own because the more reviews you get on Fiverr, the more momentum your profile gets. But how I decided on like new services to offer is I would just listen to my clients because people, I think they'll get so in their heads before they even do it, they'll be like, well, how do I know what to offer? How do I know whatever I'm like, you guys just start doing it and listen to what the clients tell you, get their feedback. So a lot of my clients were like. Hey, if you wrote our blog and website content, do you think you could write our product descriptions too? And I'd say, well, I don't really have any experience with that. And they go, that's okay. We like how you write, and I would, you know, that would be an amazing opportunity to teach myself product descriptions with a buyer who's going to be very understanding already because they're, you know, they know I'm new at it. And that's how I learned every service I offer up to eBooks. Um, I didn't like come up with that. I had clients saying to me, Hey, you know, we really like your blogs. You could definitely write like short form eBooks. Would you write one for us? And it was always, you know, that's how I got to, I think my profile is like 13 open services on it now. Um, I would just let the clients dictate it. You know, where's the demand at? Instead of guessing where it is, why don't you just, they'll just tell you.
0: Just listen. Just, just, listen. Straight, just straight up yeah. listen. Yeah. That's it's, it's so simple when you when you frame it like that, but so many people overcomplicate what entrepreneurship yeah. is. What? Um, and when you decided to do this, like this is something that somebody could totally side hustle and not just go all in on. But when you're starting to sell a service or a product, do you think that it makes more sense to use a marketplace like a Fiverr or even like an an Upwork or any TopTal or any other, or is it more, it makes more sense to figure out a website, market yourself?
1: Um, So I think in the beginning a freelancing platform like a Fiverr is definitely the best way to go um, because they handle so much of it for you, right? Like you don't need to set up a website, you don't need to do your own marketing. Um, you don't need to worry about client disputes. They'll, you know, they'll they'll handle all of it. And I think starting out, if you try and just be your own independent freelancer with your own website and everything right out of the gates, you're gonna be so overwhelmed. Um, I think it's gonna be too much. So I think a freelancing platform's ideal in people's first few years. Cause you get to learn, you know, time management, you have to start to understand discipline, not procrastinating, you know, customer service. That's a lot to learn. Um, you gotta give yourself a couple years for that. Once you feel like you totally got that unlocked, you know how to sell people and all that stuff. Then I think taking it off of there where you own 100% of your business is obviously the end goal. Um, you know, that's how you get the agency going. That's how you hire help. You start growing it into something huge. You can make, you know, seven figures if you want. But I think a freelancing platform is perfectly fine in the meantime because you can make six figures on a freelancing platform, which is like crazy, um, and you can do it by yourself.
0: And how much time did you actually have to put in to to hit that to hit an, any any significant amount of revenue that would replace your your PR job? Was it months? Eighty <laughs> hours a week? Yeah.
1: Oh oh oh. I
0: just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, HubSpot. HubSpot is the CRM that you have to have for your business. And whatever your business is up to, your CRM platform should be ready. Why? Because believe it or not, CRM platforms are no longer just a selling tool. They're the heart of building and scaling your business. With tools for marketing, sales, customer service, content management, and operations, the HubSpot CRM platform is fully customizable for whatever your business needs. Use HubSpot to meet customer demand align your teams, work smarter, not harder, scale up without having the need to slow down. With total control and over 650 integrations, HubSpot enables your team to succeed no matter how big or how small. Whether you're just getting started or looking for a robust system, HubSpot is the number one CRM for scaling businesses. Learn more about how you can customize your CRM platform at hubspot.com
1: yeah so like in only two months i knew it was gonna work um yeah i mean i was working a lot in the beginning like i was working 50 60 hour weeks never 80 hour weeks um i've never been someone who's like not gonna sleep at night for i've always thought that's like stupid in college and people are like i'm pulling an all-nighter and i'm like well that's dumb because you're going to be exhausted tomorrow like i've never like gotten that but i would hover around the like 50 60 hour mark uh no days off um and I say to people, you don't have to do it that way. Like I'm just being honest about what I did. I'm not saying you have to do it that way, but, um, I think, yeah, did working 60 hours a week in the beginning, get me to six figures faster, probably. Um, if six figures is not your goal, then don't work 60 hours a week. Don't worry about it.
0: Very cool. Okay. And then just, I'm curious as to, cause you mentioned a few other things. Like when you jump into entrepreneurship, there's other stuff that crops up. There's customer success, there's. Um, I'm, you mentioned a few things actually, I, yeah. I'm blanking on some of the other stuff, but what are some of those, what are some of those things that you don't think about when you're starting? Cause you have, you have your skill that you want to sell to the world. What are the other things that you have to be aware of that you generally don't realize until you're in it?
1: Yeah. Oh man. So many things, um, market and not marketing sales, right? Like when you're messaging customers, how do you get them to book more with you? Um, customer service, like customer satisfaction. They need to leave you five-star reviews. You have to offer revisions. You have to be professional in your communication with them. If they lash out at you, you have to still be professional back to them. Um, Time management, if somebody places eight orders with you one day, you cannot procrastinate. That's the, you know, because if you were already procrastinating another huge order due tomorrow, you now have a situation. So, you know, very like, what is that? Soft skills or or like real world common sense stuff. Uh, is a huge part of this that you know you didn't need to have to do well in college or anything or you sometimes don't even really need to do well in a nine to five because your boss your manager is taking care of it for you so it's like all those things you got to give yourself time to learn those things but those things once you learn them I think you're infallible um I think once you you know conquer procrastination you know how to sell things to people you know how to take criticism and not take it personally I think you can go do anything then it doesn't have to be freelancing like I think you're set for life when you like get through that
0: 100 percent um now this this is something I'm curious about do you think that because I I always preach that you shouldn't jump right in but I think there could be a benefit because when you jump right into entrepreneurship you force yourself to ramp like there's like no looking back like you you could have a little bit of a nest egg but I mean chances are you have to you have to make rent in a couple months and that's going to be an issue if you don't make money so do you think that by maybe not jumping into – if you jump into a side hustle just part-time, do you think maybe the drive isn't there? And that may give a false a false response to whether or not you could be successful versus if you jump right in and you're like forced, you're like sink or swim?
1: Yeah. Um, I think being forced into it ensures success more and that you're going to make it work um but i have seen a lot of people segue into it half and half where they start it part-time while they're at their nine to five and if they hate their nine to five enough they make it work part time so it's almost i just see it always works if you are so miserable at whatever it is you're doing like that's when it works because if you like kind of like your nine to five still i don't think you're going to make it work so it takes a lot of work but for the people I know who are just like, make it stop. I hate this with every fiber of my being. I cannot go on another day. Um, I see them make it work. So it's really like a will thing, yeah.
0: And, okay, so now so now you're in it, you're doing it. And, and the one thing that I always was curious about with someone who offers a service in a freelancing environment where the customers are always different industries, different uh, niches, how do you stay how do you be effective across so many different niches because of course copywriting is you definitely have to but i i think there's other things like if you are doing any sort of product specific work you have to find a way to execute whatever service it is that you offer against that product in like record time at a very high caliber so What's the, is it just research? Is it mindset? Is it, is there a strategy to find the best information in a short period of time, even though you've never learned about that thing before in your life?
1: Um, yeah, that's that's why the questionnaires are so important in freelancing, um, because if you have a proper questionnaire set up, the client will essentially give you everything you already need. So you'll say, you know, what pages do you want done? What's the topic? Do you have a title in mind? Um, do you have a blog that you really like that you want this to sound like, and by the time they're done with your questionnaire, they've kind of given you like everything you need to then just write it for them. Oh,
0: okay. So um, this is like the, this is like the customer onboarding piece. Like this is like what, this is when you're first bringing them on. Like that is like integral to being successful. Yes. Basically. Yes. Okay.
1: And the questionnaire is everything. It can, it also minimizes miscommunications. Cause like in the beginning, my questionnaires would have like two questions in them. And the client would, I wouldn't know what the client wanted. And then the client would get pissed at me and I'd get pissed at the client, you know, all this stuff. <laughs> then when you have the 10 questions by the end, when they answer all 10 questions, like they can't get mad at you because you literally followed like everything they told you. So it's like, they don't have that's a smart. case against you at that point. Cause you Very listen smart. to them. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, occasionally you get a crazy person who you will follow everything they ask of you and they're like bipolar or something. And they'll, they'll say like, that's not what I want. And I'm like, Okay, or well, or no. they
0: could or they could be they could be, um they could be you know, doing that on purpose because they want they or they think play. they know the game right they think if they if they complain it's like the person who like like after they ate the meal at the restaurant they're like this was shit like they think like they're gonna get a free uh, free something out of you if they just complain enough.
1: Exactly, and if you you know have your questionnaire set up like that, Fiverr will see that and be like, mm, "Okay, we see this buyer's an asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> this person is trying to get free work, basically."
0: All right. Okay. Cool. All right. So, you so now you are growing your business on Fiverr. Um, the next the next step in entrepreneurship or solopreneurship um is pricing and and making your business more viable of course so what are some of the because this is something that i i've been in consulting before not copywriting but it's something that i struggled with personally i know a lot of people struggle with pricing their stuff how do you price your stuff and how do you know when to increase the price on on your stuff
1: so on a Fiverr, it's really easy because everyone's prices are public so you just go find your competitors and just copy it that's what i did um two times I raised my prices on Fiverr when you advance a level raise your prices um when you have more work than you can humanly do in a 10-hour workday raise your prices it's all very like you know just fluid like just pay attention type of stuff um could you raise your prices even more than those two triggers probably um I always tend to operate on the lower end of the pricing spectrum um that's a me problem but uh I I say to people you know those are the two instances don't be shy
0: Okay, very good. So um, walk me through the like the current version of your business. So obviously started on Fiverr, you grew some additional products. I just want to get it like a holistic and maybe I'll think of some questions to go into or some strains to go into. But then I want to just keep going down your story in CNBC and some of the things that have come out of that as well. So what's the current iteration of your business, all the products services that you're doing right now?
1: yeah so my business has now officially made the jump from just being on fiverr to being its own agency essentially um so i have a person below me my best friend who's actually the manager now of three different writers so i am no longer the girl alone on fiverr writing every day i've always been transparent about that which all the trolls are like she isn't telling the truth i'm like you guys what (laughs) like i i'm always i don't understand why my business can't grow like how how is that a sin like um I've done we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about
0: some of that stuff in a second.
1: Well, so I've done this for seven years. I would be an idiot at this point if I didn't have people helping me. Like, why would I just keep doing this alone? Um, So I have my best friend for the last two months now. It's very it's very new is building out an agency essentially below me. So I'm helping with the hiring of people, um, looking over their work before it's delivered, making sure it's up to par. And she's basically doing the rest because i'm looking to now you know move more into almost a coaching like informational realm with this um my my season of my podcast is starting next week um i want to get more into almost freelance reportings no one else is doing that i want to feature different people's stories talk to other people in freelancing um really like create this community of it that is just so lacking online today uh, that's where I'm heading with it right now. Um, so I am the most removed from it I have ever been, but I think I deserve that. It's been seven years. Like,
0: well, I was going to say congratulations because the the <laughs> only goal of a business owner is to make themselves redundant. If you aren't, then you're not, you don't have a business. You just have a, a job that you've created for yourself.
1: Exactly. So I'm like, I'm like patting myself on the back for that. I don't know. Other people hate on me for it. I don't know. Why, but whatever. I, well, I don't
0: I don't know. I don't know why you, I actually don't know why it doesn't really make much sense to me because so this this rabbit hole that I went down was basically I was listening to podcasts to prep for this podcast. And then I heard you speaking to someone else about like the hate you get online. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like, let's let's look into that. And the hate really is she's hired people to grow her business so she doesn't do all the copywriting herself. And I'm like bruh do you know how a business works because most businesses the ceo doesn't do all the things themselves and i I don't get what i I don't understand because there's a lot of a lot of very successful people that have huge actually to be honest anybody who you know their name unless they're your best friend if you know their name in the public sphere most likely the interaction that you've seen them have in the world if it's like a social media post there's a good chance that it's actually not them like i hate to break it to you like maybe like Gary Vaynerchuk is one of the few people that's actually still posting on his own social feeds, but outside of that, most public figures have teams supporting them. Most people that are high-level or have any sort of measure of success in a business have teams that do the work for them, and they're evangelizing, they've made themselves redundant from the business, which is actually the goal, to be honest. If you're a CEO still working in the business after 10 years, you should probably rethink how you build your business because your goal is to make yourself redundant remove yourself and to hire people that's the only goal and especially in an agency environment like you have the blessing of you know getting some coverage and that's great and you can use that to drive your business but like you don't want to just be a copywriter for like an individual copywriter for the rest of your life that limits the amount of impact you can have If you can hire great people, you have a great name, you have a great brand, you have a great agency, and you can hire people to scale yourself out. That really should be the goal. But that's the thing that you're getting hate for. Like just building a business. So, do you think it's? Do you think it's? You know, is it? Is it successful, woman? Is that the issue? Is it the coverage you got? Like in CNBC? Do you like? I have no idea why. Because it doesn't, like, I think you're doing it right. So it's hard to see through the lens of people that are assholes on Reddit when you're just like, your argument is is stupid. So I'm just curious why you think that's ever come about. I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Uprising Food. If you want to take advantage of a special offer they've put together for all Success Story Podcast listeners, go to uprisingfood.com slash success story. That's uprisingfood.com slash S-U-C-C-E-S-S-S-T-O-R-Y. So what is Uprising Food? Well, essentially, Uprising is a vision to liberate all of us from a fundamentally broken food system that is stealing our health. There are so many bad foods out there that just destroy our health. And the snowball effect is silent inflammation with many of these fast foods that we eat. But the issue is usually that healthy food is either too expensive or doesn't taste good or both. Uprising is solving that. They have cracked the code on healthy bread. I've tried it. I've never found anything that tastes this healthy that tastes this good and is this fresh. So there are two net grams of carbs per serving, six grams of protein, nine grams of fiber. Remember, this is bread. They cover paleo, uh, keto, low carb, high fiber to dairy-free or grain-free lifestyles. And all Uprising products are baked with real superfood ingredients. So almond, uh, MCT oil, apple cider vinegar, egg white, psyllium husk, olive oil. So Uprising has made All of their foods, their bread, they have some chips as well with prebiotic fiber. They made it delicious with their patent pending breakthrough and psyllium husk activation, which is fantastic for digestive health. But I guess this is the secret sauce that makes it actually taste good on top of just being incredibly good for you. It all comes down to taste and a lot of healthy foods are littered with broken promises. Uh, Uprising has nailed the taste factor, the texture. You honestly won't be able to tell that you're eating something that is quote unquote healthy so if you want to try a starter bundle which includes a variety of the foods that they that they put together that they create they've put together a special promo for all success story podcast listeners the starter bundle includes uh, superfood cubes which are the actual that's the bread and then four packs of freedom chips which are delicious chips again just as healthy as the bread go to uprisingfood.com success story and they'll give you a ten dollar discount off of this starter bundle so you can try everything they're creating you get 10 bucks off the discounts actually automatically apply to checkout if you go through that link so go to uprisingfood.com success story get 10 dollars off your first order try these foods for yourself you won't be disappointed the taste is incredible and on top of that they really are just incredibly good for you
1: you know it's like i'm never that person that's wants to think things like this but i've been on TikTok for a year and a half now and i just see the way like women are treated with this compared to men is night and day um every woman i see come on to TikTok and post some type of financial success that is flooded with the comments of well she didn't do it alone i bet her boyfriend's rich i bet her husband's rich i bet daddy gave her the money it's like people are so uncomfortable with the idea that a woman especially i think it's a young woman too a young woman can go achieve financial success on her own. It's like, Mm -hmm. people just hate that concept. I don't know why. Um, I think that's a huge part of the hate that I get. Uh, I think another part of it is that I am in a traditionally very creative field. And because I have people write to me and call me a sellout all the time. And I think it's because I sell writing, like much like if I sold paintings or something, I think artists can be the meanest of all when it comes to this stuff, because you're supposed to be a starving artist. You're
0: supposed you know, to struggle. Everyone, a lot of people struggle. struggle.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, all this stuff. So I think that's a current of it. And then I think the other current of it is people who have been freelance writers for the last 30 years who haven't figured out how to make this much money from it are pissed <laughs> that, um, yeah. oops, uh, that they, they didn't realize that they, you know, instead of making 30 K a year could have been making 300 K per year. And I think they hate that I have publicized that you can, cause maybe the people in their life are like, what the hell are you doing wrong then or something, you know?
0: Yeah, it's very, um, so- actually, you know, just to think about, just to think about successful women, um, it's just, obviously, I don't experience that. Ever. I'm, I, I'm not in that position. I don't experience that. So when I see it, it's like, holy shit, like, how is this even a thing? But actually, I ran, so I I interview a lot of people on my show. And just a, an aside, there's a, a really successful woman, um, Aubrey Strobel. She is uh, a CMO at Lolly. It's, it's a, a crypto company that's really doing well. She's done very, very well in her career. And I just posted a clip of her on TikTok, and I got one comment. And then one comment was, "Don't go to women for financial advice." Yeah, like I don't get how that's a th- like a theme in 2021. Like that blows my mind that that's the one thing that somebody was like, mm, "I got to take time out of my day, and I want to write this and post it publicly." Like it's it it honestly doesn't really make sense to me at all, and it's very sad, and it's it's really fucked up to Insecurity. be honest. But
1: it's just it's it's insecure men. I think feel even feel emasculated by a woman coming online and having more sound financial advice than they do because society has told them you know they're the ones that should be the you know down with the money. So I think when a woman yeah. comes out there and is more down with the money than they are, I think it challenges their entire masculine fabric. Of they're, they're, it's
0: their weird masculine paradigm when it re- really like the goal should be like holy shit she's making three hundred thousand dollars plus on Fiverr maybe I should just listen to two things she says because I don't want to be making 30K anymore. And this sounds like a, I don't know.
1: I'm like, you guys, I come in peace. Like I'm a pretty peaceful person. Like I just get on there and I give people free tips to go change their life with. That's it. That's all I do. I I know other people, other women who are in this financial freedom space with me. I'm friends with a lot of them that go on social media and choose a more controversial approach to grow their accounts that's fine i have zero judgment on what you want to do but it's like i get on there and i'm just like hey guys here's three things to do to make more money on fiverr today like what i'm like what yeah. is so controversial you about know what
0: that? the the second okay so i was i was this this whole reddit thing that i was looking into yesterday um i was i was doing it last night and like i actually I, the, the one post that made me like close my computer and be like, This is the most, this is the dumbest group of, of people I've ever met. Was one person said, and obviously everyone's anonymous on Reddit, right? I'm sure you could figure it out if you try and really figure it out, but they're all anonymous profiles. Yeah. And one person said something along the lines of, um, She takes pictures on her Instagram by the pool and like, how can she be a serious writer if she takes pictures by the pool or, or something like, I'm sure that I like, that was the, that was basically the theme of the argument. Like it was like, you can probably go find it. Like it was insane. And it's, I'm not like trying to like make it seem like more like retarded, like stupid than, than it actually is. That was it. That was really the theme of the argument. And I just thought, you know what, this is, this is sad because you know, in, in, in my circle, like that's, those are not the kind of people that I, I associate with. So I just, I guess I'm blind to the fact that there's people like that out there. So like, oh,
1: Me- Meanwhile, though, my thing is like, okay, I post a picture by the pool. Any guy gets on there and post pictures of him throwing a hundred dollar bills off the back of a Lamborghini. <laughs> like yeah. more comfortable with that. And you know what? I'm not hating on that. I think that's awesome. Like when I see someone throwing hundreds like off a Lamborghini, I'll write like freaking get it like that. Like
0: yeah, go I, for I it.
1: Theory, I have a theory too that these these men. Now this is not all men. It's just these horrible people hate seeing women have fun. I I think it's a thing because I always notice whenever there's women uh, comedians on TikTok. Or women, by um, one, one girl I know, Hannah Lee, she bought herself a Lamborghini with all of the money that she makes. And she has fun with her Lamborghini and she deserves it. She's worked her ass off. And no, like the guys are like hate watching women like have fun or make jokes. Or like, I think they only want to think that we're like making sandwiches and, and like t- cleaning bedsheets. And if we're like outside having fun, they're like, we can't have this. Like, something is awry here. Like, get in the kitchen.
0: I don't know. It's horrible. I it, well, I there must be something there because those comments aren't normal. Another one said another one said um, oh, I still eat, you know, I, I st- I'm a, I'm a, I'm an actual copywriter. This is what the the thing said, the 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 post said. I'm an actual copywriter because all I eat is tuna because I can't afford anything else and I'm in my basement trying to finish up something for and I'm like, "Bro, you should get a job because that sounds like something <laughs> that sounds like shit. Like go work for somebody. Like I don't like First of all, all that like lead in the tuna or mercury in the tuna, sorry, from eating it every single damn day is probably not good for your health. But like, bro, like you got to get a real job because that does not sound like a way to live life. Like no. if you can't figure out a way to like get out of that situation that you so proudly represented online as to this is who I am as a copywriter and I can't even afford like a decent meal, like don't flex that. That's not a flex. Starving That's just like...
1: <laughs> And and
0: I and that's what the thing about the internet is like it it democratizes every like anyone can be successful if you know how to leverage yourself. If you know how to leverage, right? And leverage can be multiple things. Leverage can be your own personal brand. It can be leveraging uh, talent, like other talent and building an agency. If you have a really good way of building out a brand, a profile and driving leads. And then of course you hire out a team. There's leverage can be different platforms. Leverage can be a side hustle. Like there's so many ways to leverage with internet. There's zero reason why a creative should be starving. Even artists, like, like, like not like copywriters, like NFTs, like I'm, I don't even know much about NFTs, but I know there's people making bank on those just because mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out a way to stay relevant with the times. They're transitioning their work that they're already doing, which is incredible work, into a space that's hot. Like leverage yourself, take advantage of that stuff. Anyway, it's just it's it is what it
1: is. I, I don't even like. I don't even know what to say about these people. They're just yeah. They're just toxic. How do you deal?
0: Okay, so how do you so so this is so how do you deal with how do you deal with this? you because this is not something that you signed up for no no one does
1: um i mean the first line of defense is trying to separate myself from reading it um so my whole family you know has barred me from going on reddit they're like do not go on reddit alex just never go on it so i haven't checked it since may um because i don't actually gain anything from seeing people like bond over hating me i don't think as human beings, we were meant to like, be able to read something like that. I think it's a very toxic thing today. Like to be able to read people shitting on you in public is like, cool. Um, so that's my first line is trying to minimize my interaction with it. Um, you know, my next line was hiring more help this past spring. Um, Bree, you know, reads all of my emails before I do. So when people send really effed up emails, you know, she'll just delete them. and doesn't even tell me that they were sent. Um, um, i mean the other i've grown thicker skin i've learned to laugh at it um you know i i mean my i think my faith helps me with it um reading the bible praying and stuff just understanding like humans suck um it was told that we would all suck uh it is to be expected that we suck so it is what it is
0: <laughs> it is what it is yeah It is what it is because i think that's the hardest part about like there's there's always like a a blessing and and a curse when you put yourself out into the world and you put yourself out in a way that you probably didn't even, you didn't expect it. You didn't expect CNBC, you didn't expect all this fame overnight. So I think that a lot of people, again, I I always advocate for building out a personal brand and putting yourself out there and posting as much as you can and turning yourself into a media company. I think that's the way that you, anyone could be in a job, could be outside of a job is going to benefit you no matter what. Mm -hmm. But I think that a lot of this stuff comes in that territory and, and, I don't think people ramp as quick as you because most people don't have CNBC cover them and get that immediate. But you probably overnight, your life was just completely.
1: Yeah, I I knew there'd be some notoriety from it. But the virality of it, um, neither I nor CNBC predicted. Uh, I mean, huge YouTubers were covering the story. You know, I flew out to meet Graham Stephan he was like, come on my show. I mean, it was just absolutely insane uh, that how viral it went. I, I was just like, I was sitting here one day with my mom, cause so I was flipping out, and my mom was like, "We should we ask them to take? Like, should we make it stop? Cause it was just like, kept it was like snowballing."
0: And and to to create, so I'm I'm curious for entrepreneurs that are, are looking for this. What are things that entrepreneurs should be wary of as they put themselves out there? What are things that they should? potentially do because you listed off a few steps as we were just chatting but i'm just i want to lay it out like very succinctly so the things that you've done to not not manage your online reputation but manage how it impacts you so i want to lay out the things that you've done just so that when somebody on the come up like eventually hits it big which hopefully they will that's the goal um they don't get sidelined by this stuff and I think, you, I think you handled it, like, well, I, I don't know you that well, but you seem to have handled it okay. Like, I'm sure there was some nights that were not so great, but um, I think that it can be a very dangerous, it can be, again, a really powerful thing, very dangerous thing. So what, were, what would be some suggestions?
1: um so you're saying like some suggestions for people so like who so know. what you
0: did like you mentioned you like breeze like screening your emails you said yeah, like so for I just, example i just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode canva they put together a special offer for all success story podcast listeners go to canva.me success story if you want to take advantage but what is canva well making content is an essential part of what i do to keep the show going but it hasn't always been easy canva pro allows me to design anything like a pro on any device. And I've been using Canva Pro for a while now for all content, for all social that I create for Success Story. So Canva Pro is a design platform that empowers you to create stunning content with just a few clicks. Designing with Canva Pro is fast and fun. You choose from thousands of templates for any type of creative, any type of device, or you can start from scratch as well. Canva Pro has endless premium fonts, photos, videos, so much more to add personality and edge to whatever it is you're creating. You don't have to go out and purchase any licenses or extra tools or extra photo rights. Everything's included. And if you work in a team, you can use Canva Pro with your team as well to keep everybody organized, all focused, on top of all the team projects, all in one spot. And most recently, they've added on a content planner. So you'll save time planning, creating, and posting social media content as well. You can schedule posts. You can pause, schedule posts. You can edit them at any time. They are truly a content creator's dream. So if you want to design like a pro and use Canva Pro, right now you get an extended 45-day trial. You cannot get this just by going to Canva. You have to go through the link they set up for Success Story podcast listeners. canva.me slash success story. You get a free 45-day extended trial. So you can try Canva Pro, all the features. They give you everything. canva.me slash success story
1: would say if you are um, anticipating a blow up of your story in some capacity online to have at least one person in place with you for when it happens so that you can completely remove yourself from the internet for like two weeks and somebody else can take care of your businesses for you Um, I think that's like paramount like that you just get off of the internet for like weeks while the storm you know blows through
0: it's smart. It's very yeah, good. Just get off. Um,
1: There's no point in reading it. You don't gain anything from it.
0: Do you still see value in in managing your own social or do you think that, that can get toxic as well?
1: Um I like managing my own social media. Like I don't mind doing all of the content that I do. I like to create content. I like to be creative. I like to help people. I like to be an educator. These are all things that are me. So you know i i like getting on there and creating but yeah i mean i think at some point there is value in having somebody else in your accounts with you who are managing the reputation side of it i don't think you should be the one doing that because there's a vulnerability to putting your story and your content out there and it is you so when people are ripping it to shreds it's never going to feel good i don't care how famous you are i don't think it ever feels good like i still think a paris hilton it, you know if she like puts a lot of effort into a video i still think if she ever looks at those instagram comments i like that must still hurt her feelings you know it must. it's like, yeah. of course like she's like these are humans so it's like i still think there's no harm in being a creator get on and create and get off but don't be the consumer side of it create get off if you try and do both you will sink cuz people are freaking horrible online <laughs> um, that's damn
0: good advice yeah that 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 false sense of security and not, not putting your, and and being anonymous is, is it, it brings out the worst in people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, the the anonymity is horrible. I don't think like it's good for people to be able to be anonymous. I don't think that's the point of being alive.
0: No, I agree. I think you should. I think you should stand behind the stuff that you say.
1: Yeah.
0: I think that you should. I think that you should own up to it. Yes. Um, And if you haven't, this is, listen, no one's against you having an opinion, but tie that opinion to yourself and and stand behind it. And then, and also like there's, there's still no excuse. There's never an excuse for ripping into somebody um, for no reason other than just being malicious. It's very, I don't think it's something that we can ever get away from. I think that social media and media, like social media mediums can do a better job of maybe removing some of that actually, well, they're trying to because some social platforms are super, super negative. But you know, I think yeah. I think that yeah. I know there's yeah. always
1: like, the fine line because then are you censoring people but I think like a Reddit that's built entirely yeah. upon being anonymous is like, I just think like Reddit should be like wiped off the map. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's because it's because it's focused on being anonymous. So it just I think it just like it, it fosters really bad behavior. Yes, it fosters really bad. behavior. Okay. Well, I hope that you know I appreciate you going into that. I'm sure that's not easy, but I think that there's some lessons in there that and I know not everybody's ever gonna achieve like massive massive notoriety and fame, but I think that it's I think that there's lessons that even at a, a micro level, you can take away for dealing with an online community because even you know you you've had millions of people i'm I'm like small peanuts compared to you. And there's still stuff that I get. I've had, I've had hate before. I've had, you know, uh, I had a, my first death threat like this uh, past couple <laughs> months. Like, you get some yeah. really messed up people. Actually, somebody who writes a lot on this is Tim Ferriss. He, yeah. uh, I, so he speaks a lot about like the the issues that come with fame and notoriety. But anyways, we can move off. We can move off that. I wanted to, I just wanted to dive into it. And I appreciate your perspective on it a lot. Thank you. No problem. Um, okay so the last thing that I wanted to go into and um, and then I'll also I'll ask you if there's anything else that you wanted to, to chat about this top of mind but I just wanted to understand some advice from you because you work you've always worked everywhere and you've always worked you're, you're not in an office right now correct you're just no. you your whole team you're all remote um, so how do you manage a team because you've built this team remote you manage them and they're all doing well and, you know, exceeding all those KPIs remotely. So what are some tips for people that it could be, you know, honestly, it could be a manager within a company or it could be a freelancer that wants to scale their team and then build an agency. How do you hire people remote? How do you work remote? You've been doing it a lot longer than most yeah. of us.
1: Slack is just old <laughs> Slack. Slack. Um, slack uh I've been through a lot of writers I'm not going to sit here and say that I have found them miraculously and here they are um I've been through like probably I mean thousands of people have applied I've tried hundreds of people I've been through probably 20 um it hasn't been easy but um slack <laughs> so like right now while I'm on this I can see Bree is in slack with all of my writers right now and individual gotcha. threads uh, working with them. That's the answer.
0: <laughs> is there any, because I think it's easier to get a sense of somebody's personality when you're sitting across the table from them, but obviously, is there any common themes in what you look for when you hire somebody remotely without ever being able to see them except like via Zoom?
1: Um, no, I just look for hardworking people who don't make excuses, so if somebody, you know on their first day or in the first test i give them has an excuse for why they haven't done it yet or whatever they're done like because there's timers on fiverr so there is no excuses so if i give you an order and you take it and it's due in two days you have to do it because if you don't do it that we have a problem you know i have to end up doing it or whatever so i really just look for people who are hard workers um who aren't excuse makers who just keep their head down that's it you know people without pride who just do their thing
0: Yeah, and do you feel like when you work remotely, um, you've obviously had experience in it, but do you feel like there's any things that you do to stay focused, stay accountable? Like I'm sure it's a personality thing as well, but are there any other tips and tricks for somebody who is very diligent and they just find that being at home in this environment is a little bit less conducive to work than when they were going into an office?
1: What, What are you saying, like how do I get them motivated?
0: No, not, well, them, but also you. Like, how do like, even you, how do you avoid distractions when you're working from
1: home? Um, I, like, I never really have a problem with it because I, I, I know. I,
0: that's, it's so a, much. <laughs> you just put your head down and you just get shit done.
1: Yeah, I, it's like, I'm so happy to not be in an office every day that, like, I make it work. Like, right now, here, if I turn this around sitting at my mom's, like, there's a pool.
0: Oh, beautiful. Nice pool. Like
1: it's like, that's <laughs> enough That's enough for me. I, I mean, I'm, I'm pumped like that. I'm not confined to an office. I'm, I'm like, you know, so what I think... you know,
0: I was going to say, you know what I think it is. I think it's because, okay. So I think this, the, the secret answer, um, is like, love what you do.
1: That's and it. And then you're
0: not going to, yeah.
1: Then, yeah. then like... everything goes away.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's smart. And you know what? I've actually, I've, I've had this conversation with people whose workforces have like migrated from office to, to home. And the recommendation always is, okay, well, if they went home and they just started slacking off or not doing work, well, it's not the home that was the issue. It's the fact that they didn't give two shits about the company before they went home. So I'm not saying everybody has to like love, love, love their job, but they should at least to a point like the, the, the leader's goal in a company is to make the person's uh, make the person's job tie into their own personal goals in their life and if the leader doesn't give two shits about the employees and doesn't care about what those person's goals are, it could be financial, it could be upskilling, it could be promotion, it could be side hustle, whatever it is. If you can make that person love their job because that job helps them achieve whatever they want to achieve in their life, then they're gonna doesn't matter they're in office at home it doesn't doesn't really matter but it's because too many too many really shitty bosses didn't actually care about their employees and then when their employees went home they just thought they could just screw off and not do anything anymore so i think that you actually nailed it like it's just about making sure that if you if you are working in any environment love what you're doing or find something that you love doing that's it. find a way to get even even if it's like taking a step like even if it's you know Fiverr, freelancing, side hustle, make some money on the side, validate the business concept, and then you can jump in full time. That's cool, but just like take a step and just don't stay in an environment where you literally hate every single second of every single day, and all you want to do is clock out, because that is hell. So
1: how it has to be.
0: Okay, let's. Um, I want to do a couple rapid fire career questions, just insights from from your career uh, before I pivot. Uh, Anything else that was top of mind for you that we didn't go into, that I wasn't smart enough to ask you that, uh, that you wanted to go into?
1: No, I think this has been a good convo.
0: Cool, I appreciate it, thank you. <laughs> um, and then also, if people want to connect with you, uh, website, social, where should they go? Uh,
1: website alexfasulo.com has links to all my stuff. Um, look up Alex Fasulo on any social media site, hello. Uh, my podcast, the freelance fairy tales, um, goes over everything you would ever need to get started freelancing. Uh, and it's free.
0: You got to link that by the way, because that's, that's huge. I have a lot of, I have a lot of people that come on here that have business podcasts, but I don't think I have anyone that's just on a, a pure freelancing podcast. So when it yeah. obviously let me know, but I mean, link it and I'll, I'll drop in the show notes so people can go check it out. Cause I think that's sure. very valuable. Sure. Um, Okay. So let's go through some rapid fire questions. Uh, biggest challenge, you can take you can take as much time or as little time as you'd like. Um, biggest challenge you had in your career, personal or professional, what was that and how did you overcome it?
1: Hmm. <laughs> Let me think. Um, probably the loneliness aspect of freelancing when I was first doing it. Um, Had me second guessing it and questioning it for a while because it's very lonely. Um, but I overcame it by making in person and virtual business friends and realizing I'm not alone.
0: <laughs> good, smart, good. Yeah. Um, so just networking, networking, networking. And and how did you when you're when you're networking in a freelancing role? Because a lot of people are used to networking like going to trade shows or conferences or whatever. How did you do that?
1: Uh, meetup.com and Instagram is a great place. and tiktok um i've made a lot of friends on tiktok uh no but i used meetup.com cool
0: yeah um if you had to choose one person i know there's probably been many but pick one person in your life that's been incredibly impactful um who was that person and what did they teach you
1: my mom um my mom taught me that doesn't matter if you're a woman, uh, forget it, forget about that. You can do and be anything you want to be in your life. You can support a family by yourself. You can do, you can do it all. And no excuses. That's the choice. That.
0: Um, what would be one um, unpopular belief about freelancing that you hold?
1: An unpopular belief about it, like
0: unpopular, an uncommon, unpopular belief, something that not everybody wow. agree with you on.
1: But any personality type, introvert, extrovert, can do it. It's not the same thing as being an entrepreneur. It's easier in a way. Um, anybody can do it. I know that for very a fact. good.
0: Very good. Um, a book or podcast, any any sort of source that you'd recommend people go check out.
1: Can I recommend my own? <laughs>
0: You can. I mean, it'll go in the show notes no matter what. But if you got... I could do your own. Well, you have your own podcast, of course. You don't have a book, do you?
1: Not yet. Wink, wink.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say, like, you you Uh, need to have a book. Like, you did a CNBC. You're a copywriter. It's like...
1: (laughs) Coming soon. Um, All right, cool. uh, Let's see. Uh, I mean, a book I recently read that I thought was amazing was Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, It's all about... Being a creative and making money off of your creativity. I think anyone who's a creative should read that book. Um, A podcast I've been vibing with lately. This guy gets a lot of hate, Joel Osteen. Whether you're Christian or not, a great mindset podcast. Amazing uh, victor over victimhood type of if you're trying to pump yourself up. I think his stuff's great.
0: Very good. Very good. Um, And if you could uh, tell your 20-year-old self one thing, what would it be?
1: post your I, story to social media sooner because prolonging people hating on you like they're going to hate on you no matter what so just freaking post it. It's
0: <laughs> good advice. They're going to hate anyway.
1: They're going to hate anyway.
0: They hate everything. Like there's people, there's people that hate everyone. That's that's the thing. That's the takeaway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just totally. just don't take it personally. Just do it. No. Just do it. Do it. Do it. Okay. Um and then if uh Okay, last question, sorry. Uh, What does success mean to you?
1: Success means to me being totally financially, spiritually, and physically free. So not having to actually worry about making money today because it's already taken care of, being able to go wherever you want, being able to worry about your health because you you have being free is successful to me.
0: Amazing, okay. That's all I got, Alex. That was great, that was perfect. they set up that link for all success story podcast listeners. That is a no-risk, free trial at backblaze.com slash story. Seriously, back up your stuff. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com/success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com/success and enter code success at checkout. J O I N D E L E T E M E.com/success. I want to thank Belay for sponsoring today's episode. They provide solutions that all of us need. They help us get back more of our time because time is the most precious resource. A lot of you listening,